You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So today is your encounter with Jesus. Today is a day of salvation, a day of breakthrough. A day to reset your faith so that God can take you from where you are to where He wants you to be. Don't let fear grip your heart in any way. If you're going through a time of testing, you should be saying, thank you, Jesus. The disciples of old wrote, and things are recorded in the Bible that does not make sense. Count it all joy when you go through various trials. It says, be happy when you're being tested. Paul wrote in Romans 5, and he says, We glory in tribulation. Do you glory in tribulation or do you murmur and complain in tribulation? The Bible teaches us that God even took the Israelites into the desert to test them. To see what is going on in their hearts. Sometimes when you go through a time of testing, it's to show you what is going on in your heart. To reveal to you what's really happening in your heart. Turn to the person next to you and say, I've been going through some testing. A time of testing is a time for us to evaluate our own hearts. To do some self-evaluation. Look here, Deuteronomy. 8 verse 2. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Family, when you are going through a difficulty and you know God has given you a promise, and suddenly it seems like everything has stopped, don't lose heart. It's a mere stopping interval. God will still do what he has promised you. The promised land is still there for you to inhabit and to possess. What you are going through is a mere stopping interval. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's a mere stopping interval. You know, when you watch a show somewhere halfway in the middle, there's going to be a stopping interval. It doesn't mean the show is not going to go on. You missed a good place to say amen with all confidence. Some of you, I think it seems like you've been stuck in your interval for a very long time. Turn with me in your Bibles to John 16 verse 16. Reading from the Passion Translation. Soon you won't see me any longer, but then after a little while. Turn to the person next to you and say a little while. Jesus says, after a little while, you will see me in a new way. Some of the disciples asked each other, what does he mean? Soon you won't see me, and a little while after that, and you will see me in a new way. What does he mean? Because I'm going to my father. So they kept on repeating, what's the meaning of a little while? Most of us, when we go through a challenge, we say, how long must this go on? Why am I still stuck in this? Why has it not happened? God gave me the promise, but it's not manifested. How long must it go on? 
Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people here this morning. What's the meaning of a little while? We have no clue. What are you talking about? Jesus knew what they were thinking. And it was obvious that they were anxious to ask him what he had meant. So he spoke up and said, let me make it quite clear. You will weep and be overcome with grief over what happens to me. The unbelieving world will be happy while you be filled with sorrow. But know this, your sadness will turn into joy. When you see me again, just like a woman giving birth experiences intense labor pains in delivering her baby, yet after the child is born, she quickly forgets what she went through because of the overwhelming joy of knowing that a new baby has been born into the world. So will you also pass through a time of intense sorrow when I'm taken from you, but you will see me again. And then your hearts will burst with joy. Turn to the person next to you and say, get ready for your joy. It says, and then your hearts will burst with joy with no one being able to take it from you. For here is eternal truth. When that time comes, you won't need to ask me for anything. But instead, you will go directly to the Father and ask Him for anything you desire. And He will give it to you because of your relationship with Him. It's a mere stopping interval. Why is it that so many people are stuck in a mere stopping interval? Do you know what is the reason? Because people want to take shortcuts. People want to take shortcuts. They want to jump the gun. God is busy with a process to take you from where you are to where he wants you to be. And you want to jump the gun. You say, I'm not going to wait. And by not waiting, we increase the stopping interval. You know, I thank God today for a household of Christ and for the church. But let me tell you something. When I got married, I married a pastor's daughter. And when I married her, I thought, well, God has spoken to me already and said that I'm going to be a pastor. That I'm going to preach. And I thought, well, God is so good. God is so faithful. He's not only sent me a pastor's daughter that knows how ministry works. She can even sing. And I cannot sing. So this must be God because she can sing and I can preach. No, give the Lord a hand like you mean it, man. Like you believe she can sing. Amen. The worship was great. Hey? Amen. Uh, it feels like you're in heaven. And when I went and prayed and I said, God... Is it okay? Can we start the church now? Or when must I start the church? The Lord said to me, you have to wait 10 years. I said, 10 years? Lord, you know how long 10 years is? And the Lord said to me, if you start it now, it will be in your own strength. You will destroy yourself and you will destroy your wife. You even could have destroyed my marriage. Was the calling there? Was the word there? Was the promise there? Yes. But I had to wait for the right time and season. Many times we want to jump the gun. Because now we've told people, I'm going to be a pastor. God gave me a vision. 
Remember, Joseph had a lot to say about his dreams and visions. And his brothers heard it. Sometimes your brothers will not be as excited about your dream as what you are. Sharing what you should not share can also cause a delay in your life. But when you know God is in control of your life, that mere stopping interval in that time, you will give God glory. People that bless God in their trials, in their trials, God will bless them. When you bless God in your trials, God will bless you in your trials. Family, listen to me. There are certain unchangeable events in your life that is just part of God's plan and you can do nothing about it. Whether you fast or whether you pray, it's going to happen. Unless you want to run away from the will of God. Remember Jesus. Do you believe God the Father listened to the prayers of Jesus? You're not, you're, uh, do you believe that God the Father listens to the prayers of Jesus? Yes. yes. Did Jesus pray, my Father, if it's any way possible, let this cup pass me by. Did he petition the matter and say, if there's any way that I don't have to go through this, let it pass me by. Yes, he prayed it. But even though he prayed it and asked the Father, he said, not my will, your will. Because it was an unchangeable event that would glorify the name of Jesus and bring salvation to you and to me. So sometimes in our lives, especially if you've said, Lord, use me. Lord, prepare me. Have you prayed prayers like that? Did you think it through before you prayed that? You know, sometimes people say, Lord, shorten the time to get me ready to do what you want me to do. Have you prayed a prayer like that? Did you think what you were praying? For a diamond to become a diamond, it must be placed under more pressure. So what you're actually saying is, Lord, put the pressure on so I can get ready. For gold to be gold, it must go through fire. So if you are saying, Lord, use me, you are actually saying, Lord, melt me mold me and then fill me so that I can be useful. Guess what? To become an instrument that will glorify God's name takes some time. That preparation time, that preparation time is called an interval. A mere stopping interval. What did Peter go through before he understood the love of God? Go look at all men of God, what they went through in preparation. Rejection. Slandering. If your tongue is still very loose and you speak your mind the whole time, how can God use you? You say, Lord, look how quick and fancy I can speak. I always know what to say. But the problem is you're saying what you're thinking. You're saying what you are feeling. 
when somebody bumps against you want a piece of me when somebody pulls in front of you when you are driving to work busy with praise and worship I love you Lord and then somebody pulls in front of you you idiot can't you see where you're driving I love you Lord is there not two kinds of rivers now flowing out of your heart one is bitter and one is sweet and the Bible says that not ought to be so God says okay let's put some more pressure to get the bitter out <laughs> is it only pastors that write tests like that or do you write those tests as well turn to the person next you say it's a mere stopping interval You've got your promise. Joseph, you've got your amazing Technicolor dream coat. And suddenly, as you're on your journey to the place where your fathers and your brothers will bow down, you'll find yourself in a pit. A mere stopping interval is a time for us to examine our own hearts. To reflect and see, where did I miss it? What did I do wrong? Some self-reflecting is sometimes good. Amen? In Joseph's case, he was arrogant. He was arrogant. He was full of pride. I'm the one. I'm the chosen one. Who got the jacket? You or me? And you got a jacket, but look at your jacket and look mine, at mine. Who's got the bright one? You've never done that. Let me give you a better version today. In churches... In churches today, what car do you drive? I have pastors the whole time asking me, why do you drive that or not this and that? They've been doing it to me the last 15 years. And I say, leave me alone. I've got my own way before God when it comes to cars. Why? There is no competition in destiny. You think in your destiny, I must compete with the person next to you? No. You're competing against yourself and what God has called you to do. If God has called a mother to teach a boy to be God-fearing and to love people, but that mother now is competing with her neighbor and she wants to be an attorney, she might become the best attorney in the eyes of the world, but if she was called to impart things into this boy, so that he can become one of the greatest men of God. She has fulfilled her destiny and her purpose. Even if you're going through a difficult time right now, joy comes in the morning. If you're going through a difficult time right now, evaluate your heart. Realign your heart. Make sure that you keep the peace of God in your heart. If the peace of God is in your heart, there'll be something that will say, it's okay. Just go through it. Don't try and take shortcuts in that time of testing because it will keep you back. Go through the process. If gold does not go through the right process, it will not be gold. For gold to be gold needs to be purified. God has given us a promise. Listen to what Isaiah said, Isaiah 43 verse 2. When you go through deep waters, I'll be with you. The question is, when you are going through a time of testing, 
or a mere stopping interval is God with you. If God is with you, you don't have to worry. Your heart does not have to be anxious. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Family, listen to me. God is in control of the process. If you say God has called you for something great, if you've said, God, use me, get ready to be molded. I remember the first time when I prayed as a believer, I say, Lord, let your fire fall on me and burn out everything which is not of you, that displeases you. By the Friday, I was rebuking the devil. And I said, Lord, what's going on? Help me fight the devil. What's... The Lord said to me, it's not the devil, it's me. You prayed and asked for my fire to remove impurities. I'm busy removing some impurities. Family, listen to me. For resurrection power to be experienced in your life, there must first be a death. What does the Bible say? Unless a seed falls into the ground and dies, it cannot bring forth what it's supposed to bring forth. Let me see who prayed, Lord, use me. And now you're asking yourself, what process am I going through? What are you doing, Lord? Some of you believers that pray and you want to please God and you say, Lord, cleanse me before you bless me. And you think, oh my word, what's going on now? I was focusing on the blessing, Lord. The cleansing part is not, but the, and God says, no, I'm focusing on the cleansing part first. Then I'm going to bless you. Am I talking to the right people here this morning? Because if God cleanses you before he blesses you, you'll be able to maintain that blessing. But if God does not cleanse you before the blessing comes, how will you maintain that blessing? He says, unless a seed falls in the ground and it dies. Once it's died, it can take on the right nature, the nature of Jesus. Let me just read it to you. John 12, verse 23, he replied to them, Now is the time for the Son of Man to be glorified. Let me make this clear. A single grain of wheat will never be more than a single grain of wheat unless it drops into the ground and dies. Because then it sprouts and produces a great harvest of wheat, all because one grain died the person who loves his life and pampers himself will miss true life but the one who detaches his life from this world and abandons himself to me will find true life and enjoy it forever 1 corinthians 15 verse 48 i'm reading from the passion translation the first one made from dust that's adam has a race of people just like him who are also made from dust the one sent from the heaven has a race of heavenly people who are just like him once we carried the likeness of the man of dust, but now let us carry the likeness of the man of heaven. If you say, Lord, use me, and you want to carry the likeness of Jesus, go read Philippians 3 verse 10. Paul says, I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know the glory. I want to experience it. 
It says the degree of resurrection power that you will experience is the degree that you die to yourself. Turn to the person next to you and say, I think I'm going through a process. Tell them, say, I think God is busy remolding me. Say to them, I think actually God is busy melting me. And then he's going to mold me. And then he's going to fill me. Have you identified where are you in this process? Is God busy melting you? Is he remolding you? You that are trusting God for a spouse, there's nothing that remolds you more than a marriage. Shapes you, fills you, melts you, and then it fills you with the glory of God. Amen. <laughs> That's the truth. Because in a marriage, you have to die to yourself. Amen. Bible teaches us to have the likeness of God. That one seed, you making a decision to say, God, your will and not my will can change a whole nation. Can have the impact on a whole nation. Jesus had said, Lord, not your will but my will brought salvation to all of mankind. So never underestimate that mere stopping interval. In that time, make a decision to bless God. Those that bless God in their trials, God will bless them in their trials. Let me show you quickly. Go to 1 Kings 18, verse 41. Jesus said, I'm going to give you peace. Not peace like this world. Peace that comes from me. When you have that peace, you're okay. You know God is with you and you know God is fighting for you. Listen here. Verse 41, 1 Kings 18, verse 41. Now just remember, Israel finds themselves in a drought because of the man of God's request that he made to God to bring drought. Sometimes your own prayers have brought about the situation in your own life. I'm telling you the truth. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of an abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, go up now, look towards the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Family, listen to me. When you are praying, here's a man of God praying. When you are praying and you're not seeing any results, remain in faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you know God has given you a promise, even if you don't see the immediate results, don't start to doubt. The worst mistake you can make is to look at how much your situation and circumstances have changed immediately after prayer. It's not a way to determine whether you are in faith or whether God has answered your prayers. Seven times he said to his servant, go and look. Seven times the servant came back and said, no clouds. No, they didn't say anything. You sure you want me to go again? Hmm? Are you praying or are you playing, man of God? I thought you said you prayed for me. I thought you said it's going to rain. Seven times. Family, listen to me. 
While you are trusting God for your promise, keep on looking. Don't give up. Keep on looking. Keep on praying. Seven times he said, go and look. Go and look. Seven times he came back and said no. After the seventh time he said, you know what? There's a cloud. Small. Looks like the size of a hand. The man of God said, that's it. That's the sign. It might be small. That's what I want. Go tell the king the rain is coming. Thunder is coming. He better get himself into a place where he can protect himself. Rain is coming down. It's only a cloud as big as a hand. Family, that's all that God needs. Faith like a mustard seed. Keep on praying. Keep on looking. Even if it's a small sign. A small cloud up there small as a hand is a cloud as big as a hand anything that speaks of rain no faith sees the invisible believes the impossible and it receives the incredible and rain came rain came that man of God's prayer touched and had an impact on a whole nation don't underestimate your prayers there are friends colleagues that need your prayers mercies that we need to seek some people you've been praying for them at work change this person's life you come the first week nothing has changed second week nothing has changed what is different? You are praying and looking. Praying and looking. Praying and looking. Let your prayer remain in faith. Because faith is the only thing that pleases God. Remember, it's not your praying or your fasting that qualifies you for an answer. But it's what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. And if He has said it, he will do it. Don't let your stopping interval dictate your prayers nor your future. Your temporary situation right now is not your permanent future situation. It is about to change. Why? Because you've said your heart upon God. You love God. Remember what I said. The most important thing is God with you. Romans 8, verse 28. I'm reading from the message translation. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked out into something good. What does that mean? It means even the bad that you're experiencing, the difficulty that you're experiencing, God will turn it around for good. The Amplified says, We are assured and know that God being a partner in their labor, all things work together. And are fitting into a plan for God. To and for those who love God and are called according to His design and purpose. The Passion Translation says, So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are His lovers who have been called to fulfill His designed purpose. Joseph's brothers 
intention was to kill him. But God turned it around for good. And instead of him being killed, he brought life to how many people? Not just to Israel, but all of those around him. That which the enemy has intended for evil, it's a mere stopping interval. Don't lose focus. Remember Joseph at the end of his life, when he could have killed his brothers, when God had dealt with the arrogance and the pride, he didn't sit there and say, do you know I'm second in charge? Do you know what I can do to you? I can kill you all now. He didn't say that. He said, don't you come and say you did this. Don't you come and say you were in control of my life. This was all the Lord's doing. The process in my life. God was in control. God was busy melting me, remolding me, so that he can fool me, so that he can use me. What did God say to Peter after he had prepared him? He said, Peter, do you love me? He says, Lord, I love you. He was saying to Peter, do you agape me? He was saying to him, do you love me more than all of these things, Peter? Do you know what Peter's response was? He said, yes, Lord, I love you. But you know, he said, Lord, I phileo you. He says, I love you like a friend. If you're a friend to me, I'll be a friend to you. Three times he asked him, do you, will you agape me? What did Peter say in the end? He said, Lord, you know all things. Why did he say that? Because he was the one who said, Lord, I'll never betray you. And yet he betrayed him. And then God reaffirmed his love upon Peter to say to him, you know, I know you are limited in your loving, but I'm going to help you so that your love will not be limited. I'm going to fill you now with my love until it overflows to other people. And after he had filled him, he could now become the rock. He could become the great apostle and walk in what God had called him to do. Family, what you are going through is a mere stopping interval. Don't camp there. Don't take shortcuts and put yourself back. Go through the process so that God can mold you so that you can be filled with God's glory so that he can use you. Once you are filled with his glory, even if somebody bumps against you, glory will come out. Even if somebody cuts in front of you while you're driving, glory will come out. Then you'll be one of the sons of God. When they curse you, you can bless them. When they despitefully use you, you can pray for them. When they say, can I have your jacket? You say, no problem. Take this one and take another one. Because now you've been filled and you can be used by the master. And that stopping interval is a process. And you will say, like the apostles of old, I glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. And I know that the hope of God does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in my heart. And I can make a difference. I can now pray for those that curse me. I can bless those that curse me. And I can be an instrument that God can use so that His name can be glorified in me and through me. 
Siela. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.